Episode 7, the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast, the podcast for the everyday coach, where each week we interview coaches, sports industry experts, and leadership gurus to mentor you beyond the X's and O's on your quest to achieve peak performance in your personal life, professional career, and with the teams that you coach. I always look at two things, the sunrise and the sunset. The sun will always rise in a different way, but it will always rise. And the sun will always have a different sunset, but it will always set. If you have the worst day known to man, you know the sun will always set differently, but you know the sun will always rise the next day. It will always rise, and tomorrow is a different day, it's a different challenge. This week's guest is Ryan Hodgson. I am excited to have Ryan with us. He is the CEO of U.S. Coaches Club, and he was recently with us representing Solving Soccer. Ryan was born in England where he played soccer growing up as a kid. He eventually attended Harrisville College in St. Louis, Missouri, and won a soccer scholarship and went on to the Final Four for the NAI Championship. He later transferred to Wisconsin Green Bay where he played Division I soccer. Something most people might know, not know about Ryan is he starred in a movie, The Miracle Match, on the 1950 World Cup game between the United States and England. He currently is the coach for Century College up in Minnesota. He has two kids and a wife, and they live in, I believe it's Blaine, Minnesota, right, Ryan? That's correct, Christian, yep. Well, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here with us. Did we miss anything? No, but you uh, you brought up the movie, uh, <laughs> the, Mir- the, the Miracle Match. I didn't know you were going to drop that on me. Uh, <laughs> that was a, a great time, that was, in 2003, 2004, 2005, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, great. Yep. Well, you know, Ryan, we're excited to have you, and last week we had you on the show, and we were talking a little bit about solving soccer, but today we want to focus a little bit more on you. And as, as we go into our first half, we want to talk about mentors. And we know that mentors matter. They expand our visions. They help us see further and stretch our, our horizons. You know, they're the ones that help us uncover those blind spots that we might have. And what I'd like you to do is can you share with us maybe one or two of your mentors and how did they help you grow? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. I think uh, the, the, the first name that comes to mind is Barry Gorman. Uh, Barry, uh, he, he's taken me under his wing over the last five or six years uh, as a national. Uh, as, I, as I came into the, uh, the coaching education circuit with the NSCAA or United Soccer Coaches, formerly the NSCAA, uh, and Barry, for those of you that might not know who he is, he coached uh, at Penn State for 25 years. He was the technical director at FC Dallas. Um, and he's just been a, an unbelievable rock uh, and, and somewhat uh, a, a mentor that has been blatantly honest with me. You know, if, I, if I'm on a coaching education circuit and, and I've done a, a coaching session for candidates, nobody's ever perfect. And, and he's the first one to tell me whether it was a good session, whether it needed work or what needed work. And, um, you know, he's just an unbelievable asset to me in my career as an educator and as a family man, as a, as a dad and a husband. Well, you, you say something that I think is real important there. Then let, let's talk about this, this idea of honesty and that it's, it, 
do you find that that's a challenge for coaches sometimes that they to be honest with with their with their players and with their kids and how do we how do we get over that 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 desire to not be necessarily honest because we might hurt somebody's feelings? Yeah, I mean, how do you get better? Right. You can't you can't sugarcoat things and there's this whole thing in the United States right now about uh, participation medals and the, there are no losers uh, and everybody's a winner. Well, let's just, and, I, and I, I certainly won't go into it, but let's look at the United States and Trinidad-Tobago game, right? How many players on that field have actually played in a must-win game in their careers? A relegation dogfight, a promotion dogfight, uh, the games that have truly mattered in their careers are playoff games, right, either in college or in the, in the MLS, right? They really haven't been in a season or uh, a lengthy season dogfight, such as look at Crystal Palace in the UK right now. They're sitting bottom of the Premier League. They are going to be fighting for their lives for the next 26, 27 games, right? Those players, when a game matters, they can pull from these experiences. And, you know, in, in the United States, yeah, we, we have to be cautious and conscious of, of who and what are what saying to who at any given time. But one of, the, uh, one of the, the, the things that one of my mentors, previous other mentors have told me is, can you differentiate the tone and the content, right? Yeah, I've got something to say to you, Christian, about how you played in today's game. Take the content away, uh, take the tone away, and really listen to the content. It's the content that matters, not the tone, not how it's said. Some coaches, yeah, they can... Uh, they can say it in a, in a, and they could have said it in a nicer way, and I'll hold my hand up as a college coach and say, I'm the first one to uh, to say, you know, some things in a bad in a uh, bad tone, but the content is what really matters. Uh, you 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 hit it on the head right there, and I I, I want I want to reiterate that I want I want to repeat that that. You have to be honest. Honesty is is important. We have to be honest, and the challenge that comes in is between the tone and the content. And you know, it might be worth just taking that that step back for just a second, take a deep breath, know why you're saying what you're saying, and if you know the why, yeah. then the message can become clear, and the message is not muddled up in how you're saying it. And uh, That's right. really, really really important there that that's that's a great piece that you you've learned uh you know i i since i know you a little bit i'm going to pick on you a little bit let's let's talk a little bit about gavin because i think gavin i think Gavin has had a great influence on you can you talk to him a little bit about him and how he's been uh, a mentor for you as even one of your mates? uh yeah gavin um gavin uh was He's, he's somebody that had uh, just an incredible, incredible future with, with, with edu- everything he touched turned to gold, right? Every coach, every coach that he worked with uh, always walked away with some sort of, of, of knowledge of the game. Um, and even, even from, a, from a player standpoint, I saw him work with players and kids from three years old all the way up to his high school age kids. Um, and the way that the way that he interacted with his players and coaches uh, is something that I've tried to to mirror 
and replicate in my career. I could never do it. I could never come close to what he did in his short, short, short career. Yeah, but I and, and the, I you know I, I know I I kind of dropped that one on you, but I did it on, for a reason yeah. because because I think you you are doing that because I, I remember sitting in the car with you when we were in Minnesota and you you did that with me. I mean you you were you were just you you, you came from the heart of wanting to make a difference in where I was at and what I was doing and that even well I, I believe in what I'm doing but sometimes you just need that little nudge that little push from somebody and so you did learn something from Gavin and, and you know I just I want to thank you for that because it was it's it's really taking me that next step in my entrepreneurial career which is it's so much different than my coaching career at this time yeah uh, an unbelievable unbelievable guy um, that at the end of the day you know you we, we, we are working in an industry that we love. Uh, it can be challenging at times, right? So you look at my, uh, my college guys this season, we conceded four goals from open play in 16 games. There was only four times we were broken down. And you could, you could take, you could go in different directions with, with how the season ended on a penalty shootout. But at the end of the day, we're working in something that we completely adore. We love the game. We love the sport. We, we want to we help the, the game grow. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just a game. It's just a game. But, uh, yeah, you threw me for a loop there. <laughs> Sorry about that. But uh, I, I, knew, right. I knew you could handle it. So, Boyd, I'm going to turn it over to you for halftime. Okay, Ryan, great stuff so far, my friend. And uh, we're going to do our speed round. And what we want to do during our halftime is, is to help those who are listening to improve their second half performance, whether that be uh, advice for a game or advice for life. And so what insights will help our listeners on their journey? And there are four different questions that we want to wrap through real quickly. And the very first one is, if you could recommend a book, what would the book be and why? I'm not a big reader. Uh, I like easy reads. Uh, being a coach, I try and uh, educate myself on, on the trends of the game. So I'm not a big reader, but one book does come to mind, and it's What Drives Winning uh, by, I believe it's a Grant Ledbetter. It's a very easy read. You can read it in a night. Uh, it goes back to the tone versus content that I said earlier. Uh, it's the different chapters with communication, with change, with, con with tone, and uh, it's a, it, it helped me shape my, my career for the better, and it put a lot of things into perspective. Okay. Well, let's try this one. What would be a favorite quote that you have heard, and who's that quote from? Heard it. I was it's quite ironic you asked me that, um, given, given my, my college team just lost on penalties the other day. Uh, I took the game really hard, didn't sleep for about a week. I was tracking my sleep habits. And one of my friends sent me a message, and he said, Ryan, it's just a game. And then I sent a text message back to him, and I said, football is a matter of life or death. But I can assure you it's much more important than that. Bill Shankly. <laughs> Uh, quite That's good, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's good. I think it's just it's more than just a game uh, as well. Uh, here's question number three for uh, our halftime is, what personal habit or ritual do you follow every day that contributes to your success? Yeah, uh, the, I always look at two things, the sunrise and the sunset. The sun will always rise in a different way, but it will always rise. And the sun will always have a different sunset, but it will always set. If you have the worst day known to man, you know the sun will always set differently, but you know the sun will always rise the next day. It will always rise, and tomorrow is a different day. It's a different challenge, uh, and, we, and it, comes to, uh, it comes down to, to I'll use Gavin uh, as an example, right? The, uh, the sun will always rise. It will always rise. I, I think Christian, did you hear? Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. That that I, I wrote that one down, and I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna steal that one, Ryan. That one is. Uh, that one is great. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the, the the sun will always set. It'll set differently, right? You might have a terrible yeah. day, or you might have a great day. It sets differently, but it will always rise. So. That's that's good stuff to even come back to. What I like about our podcast is that if if people are not readers, uh, and we and it comes to uh, it comes down to, to I'll use Gavin uh, as an example, right? The uh, the sun will always rise. It will always rise. I, I think Christian, did you hear did you hear that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> that that. I, I wrote that one down, and I'm gonna—I'm probably gonna steal that one, Ryan. That one is—that uh, one is great. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, the, the sun will always set. It'll set differently, right? You might have a terrible yeah. day, or you might have a great day. It sets differently, but it will always rise. So that's—that's that's good stuff to even come back to. What I like about our podcast is that if if people are not readers. If they would just come and listen to these podcasts, they're going to get more than probably a book could offer them anyway. And here is just one more question for our halftime, and it is, what is your measuring stick, Ryan, to achieve peak performance in this season of your life? Or another way to put it is, what are your current goals? Yeah, um, we only have a short period of time. Am I happy, right? Am I happy doing what I do? Um, am I happy again going to work? My dad will always, my dad said it best. Uh, my dad was a welder, right? I moved to America 18 years ago and, and I'll always remember what he told me. He said, Ryan, I hope, <clears throat> I hope you never have to work a day in your life, right? Meaning that he hopes that I enjoy doing what I do for a living. And I do. And I, and I have a, I have a, a hobby as a career, and the minute it turns into a job, um, you know, I might have to look for something else. But my measuring stick is, am I happy and is my family happy? Uh, and right now, we, we, uh, we're checking all the, all the input boxes. Sounds like it. It's, uh, it's, it's good to, to be happy and doing what you're doing. And it, it does sound like that you're not going to have to be looking for something else for quite a long time. Uh, that is our halftime uh, speed round uh, with Ryan, so I'm going to get us ready for the second half and turn it back over to Christian. 
I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that wouldn't work. That's a quote from Thomas Edison. There's no success with any amount of failure. Even the great inventors like Thomas Edison experience failures on their way to the successful inventions of their lives. Ryan, we like to talk about adversity and failure in the second half. Can you share with us one, of your, one or two of your biggest failures and how you overcame it? Yeah, I, I moved to America with $80 in my pocket and my football boots, right? I uh, got off the plane, jumped on a Greyhound, and went to St. Louis, uh, Harrisville State College with, with, at that time, was $54 because the Greyhound cost me $26. Um, and everything that I, that I have right now, I've, I've worked for. Uh, you know, the adversity of being away from your family, you know, leaving a country and coming to a country that you don't know. You don't know anybody. Uh, playing on a soccer team with 27 different internationals and different cultures, trying to put it together day in, day out, was a, was a really big challenge. My biggest failure, and I'm happy to share it, my biggest failure was having my full scholarship taken off me at Green Bay because I thought that I was God's gift to the football game. And I thought I was bigger than the program. Uh, some decisions I made in my college uh, playing career, they weren't the best. And, and I'm certainly not alone, um, but I certainly learned from them. Um, and when I learned from them, I finished my degree and took 87 credits in one year to finish my four-year degree um, because I remembered why I came to the U.S., which was to play soccer and, 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 and go to school. Uh, that's my biggest failure. Shellis Hyman, for those of you that don't know who Shellis is, he was the uh, SMU for 20-something years as the head men's coach. Then he went to FC Dallas. Now he's at Grand Canyon State. And I was telling him about my biggest failure in Denver this past summer. And he, he looked at me square in the eyes and he said, Ryan, don't regret the things that you did. Regret the things that you haven't done. Well, I can safely say I regret a lot of things that, I, that I've, I've, I've done, but there are not many things that I haven't done. And I'm, I'm quite happy to say that I've, I've, I've tackled everything uh, head on with, with what's been thrown at me. Um, but the biggest failure is, uh, is not finishing uh, my four-year college playing career because I thought I was, uh, I was the best thing since sliced bread, and I wasn't. Wow. Boy, did, yeah. you, did, did you catch that one there in terms of it's, it's not a matter of don't regret what you've done, but don't regret what you haven't done. And I got it. You know, coaches, coaches, administrators, parents, I think that's part of the things that we're dealing with. We just wrote a piece. Uh, you know, Ryan, I just wrote a piece on, on the athlete's significance on, on the, creative, the creative piece of, of being an athlete. Yeah, why why athletes need to be creative, and yeah. um, you know I, I think we're missing that. We, we we what are you missing out when you don't try? The, the right. failure is yes, part yes, of yes. it. The, the failure is part of what's not what's not going to work and what's not going to happen, and and it just allows us to have some great things. And I I I want to leave it right at that because I think that was that was worth its weight in gold right there. So Boyd. Let's get let's get into the locker room with the legacy questions. Okay, let's do. And uh, I'm in agreement. That is uh, that was a great second half. And thanks for sharing that, Ryan. It it is very key that uh, 
uh, we understand I, I talked with a group of young people just last week and uh, spoke to them about the, the significance of our mistakes make us masters in life. And uh, that's, that's right. a lot about what we're talking about here uh, in the second half. But uh, entering the locker room, there are three more questions. We're just about done, buddy, but, but three more questions. Yep. Uh, can you share with us a big aha moment in your journey? Yeah, the most recent aha moment, uh, other than uh, when I was uh, working in sales, uh, wearing a shirt and tie and a suit and sitting in rush hour for three hours a day, um, I had my aha moment was, what am I doing? I moved to America to work in soccer, and I've got a newborn baby at home, and I want to get back into soccer. And that was my, uh, my biggest aha moment. The most recent one was solving soccer, right, Christian? It was uh, we, we have an opportunity to, to help make change, and um, this club adoption program with solving soccer was, was a moment where everything just clicked. Everything, all the pieces uh, fell into place with, with the founding members, and we, uh, we, we've created something extremely, extremely special that's going to uh, it's gonna shake the soccer world or the grassroots soccer world. Yeah, I, and I, you know, Boyd, I'm going to jump in here just for a second on that because I think you're absolutely right with that, Ryan. And if, if you if you guys haven't heard that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to podcast number six where we talked about this club adoption program. But, Ryan, I think there was something that was unique that happened in that room in Minneapolis because as we sat there, I, I think you and I kind of both looked at each other as like, okay, where are we going? What, you know, yeah. it, 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 it was almost like, okay, We've tried this. Maybe it's not going to work. And then there was just a magic moment that took place in a matter of, I don't want to say 45 minutes, it seemed like. And it was just, it, it was magical. It, it was, I think it was an aha moment for all of us that sat in that room and said, there is something here that can make a difference. But you're spot on, right? I actually saw a, a social media post the other day. And I forget the year. I'm just going to make the year up. 2007, five people were invited to a room. Three didn't show up. One of the other guys was Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> just, leave it at, just leave it at that, right? So the yeah. other three guys that yeah. didn't show up to that meeting, yeah, exactly, right? So, and back to solving soccer is we brought some really clever soccer minds into a group um, and we're, we're, we're attacking a, a, a significant problem head on. Okay, back to you, Boyd. <laughs> okay, well, I was uh, just enjoying listening to what I was hearing, and uh, I was actually also writing down, sometimes you just have to show up. That's right. I could have said that Did about you? my college guys the other day. <laughs> 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 well, you never know who's going to be in the room and what kind of – you know, world changes are going to happen in the conversation. And, uh, hey, if you weren't in the room, you miss out. Here's our last question uh, for you, Ryan. What do our listeners need to know that you know in order to grow? What do our listeners need to know that I know in order to grow? Right. Perseverance. Uh, will uh, will always prevail. Patience is a virtue. 
uh, you're not always going to get the results immediately. Um, you have to you have to be persistent. You have to be told no. Uh, I preach this with the younger kids that I coach. You know, don't be fail. Don't be afraid to to make mistakes. Because if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying something new, and you're not failing. And failing helps us grow. And so, always, always put yourself out of your comfort zone. Again, because you don't know who's watching. And I'll drop another quote on you, Anton Dorrance. The vision of a champion is somebody drenched in sweat, bent over to the point of exhaustion when nobody else is watching. Right. Christian, I, I think that with, uh, like I said, with each of our calls, and again, with this one, uh, as we are uh, talking with Ryan, if anyone is listening to this and they play it back and they stop at the halftime and that's it, they have gained value. If they listen to it all the way through to the very end, whether if they're driving or if they've got something else going on, they are going to take time, pause, get a piece of paper, and write down some of the gold that, it, that, that we're hearing in each of our calls. And uh, this one uh, is, is just, as, uh, just as great and as deep as the rest of them that we've done. And, Ryan, you've really helped us out in giving our group that listens some great things to think about. I appreciate it, boy. Thank you. Let's go into that post-game. As we get into the post-game, Ryan, we want, we want to highlight you just a little bit. This is where we get to uh, share a little bit about what you're doing. And for those of you, you know, we talked a little bit about that. He, Ryan is the CEO of U.S. Coaches Club. Ryan, why don't you tell us just a little bit about what you do with U.S. Coaches Club. It's a unique approach to coaching education. I think it's an approach that, that is going to change the landscape of how we do coaching education at the grassroots level. I mean, that's the key is at the grassroots level. So share with us a little bit about your, how your system works, the modules and how that works, and then how we can learn more about U.S. Coaches Club. Yeah, so U.S. Coaches Club came about in 2011, again, with, uh, with my good friend and co-founder, Gavin Pugh. <clears throat> and we created a modular-based approach to coaching education. And the reason we, we created the modular-based approach is we wanted, we wanted to drip-feed information to coaches. Because at that time, in 2011, and in the current market, uh, the... The, the content or the, the information available, coaches, Joe the plumber, the grassroots coach, he or she had to travel long distances, spend long weekends away from their personal and professional lives. In a fire hydrant analogy, right, so the information is coming at them thick and fast. They're talking about the principles of attack in one side of the mouth, and, and immediately they go into the principles of defense, and the, the coaches really haven't had time to absorb that information. And the next minute, you know, you're on the field and you're going through a dribbling exercise. And then you're back in the classroom and you're working on some sort of nutrition that's not applicable to uh, my 9- and 10-year-old kids that I can't control their nutrition anyway because I don't feed them. So we created the modular-based approach where coaches across the country can, can attend our modules one topic at a time. They can come to a module, they can learn it, understand it, go away, implement it, and when they're ready to learn something else, 
if a module is in that particular location, they can register online and attend it. Everything is in person, either in a classroom or a uh, practical field format. It's evolved into a relationship with the United Soccer Coaches where we can actually allow organizations to customize their own coaching qualifications. So back in the day, who would have thought a director of coaching or a technical director of club can actually customize a coaching qualification because they know their coaches better than we do. So they know the level of education that currently exists within their membership. So we put the onus back on the organizations where they can actually pick from an a la carte menu of what they would like their coaches to understand. Week one could be a uh, principles of attack theme. Next week it could be principles of defense. The following week could be staying on the same lines as principles of defense, but we take it to the field and we work on the first, second, and third defender. So it's bite-sized chunks that the, uh, the information is drip-fed to the coaches versus just thrown all at once. Yeah, and, and then you, you've also come out with the uh, – uh, I'm, I'm excited about this, and I know you and I have talked a little bit about it, but talk a little bit about the Next Generation Youth Coaching Leadership Diploma. Yeah, so it was a vision I had back in November uh, where we had to – we have to do a better job of educating, educating the next generation of American soccer coaches. And who are those coaches? Those are our current players, our current players that are going to go off to college graduate college, have families, and eventually coach their children, right? So we need to do a better job of getting a hold of these coaches earlier. And so we partnered with United Soccer Coaches, and we created a – well, U.S. Coaches Club have created a two-part youth coaching and leadership diploma. The first part is we will give all high school student athletes a full v full coaching diploma through United Soccer Coaches. Two-thirds of the course is leadership training conflict management, ethical decision-making, leadership styles, traits, teamwork, resume building, cover letter writing. The list just goes on and on. Our goal with that is to help students improve their college resumes and strengthen their college applications, as well as giving them a coaching qualification. In January, we're releasing a whole suite of uh, other diplomas which will include management, sports management, sports marketing, sports nutrition, college prep, and sports analysis as well. So we're actually giving these student athletes a taste of what professional fields that they might want to study when they go to college. We're also giving the high school student athletes $4,000 in free scholarship rewards for taking the youth coaching and leadership diploma. So we're making college more affordable now. And it's an exciting program, and, and it's about going into, the, it's going into the high schools and working with these kids at the high school level, and let's get them excited about coaching at a younger age. And I, I think you and I would both agree, if they can start to look at the game from the eyes of the coach, they'll probably end up being a better player on top of that. Uh, 100%. You know, you look at the, the players that I have at a college, and I wish they I wish they'd have a better understanding of coming into the college game uh, as, a, as, a, as a coach because I spend a lot of my time trying to educate them on, uh, you know, what I see because I want them to see that on the field. So 
you're absolutely right. We're giving them a, a view of the game through a coaching lens, which will lend to them being a better player. Absolutely. So where, where can people go to uh, find out more about the U.S. Coaches Club? Yeah, uscoachesclub.com uh, or Facebook slash U.S. Coaches Club uh, is where they can find a lot of the information and costs. But the majority of the information is at uh, www.uscoachesclub.com. Well, Ryan, thank you for taking the, uh, the day with us and spending some time with us to talk a little bit about who your mentors are what your adversities and your failures were and your keys to the success that you've had in your life as a coach and working to improve coaching in the grassroots soccer in America. Thanks very much, fellas. I appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Yep. Hey, thanks, Ryan. This has been the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast, the podcast for the everyday coach, where each week we interview coaches, sports industry experts, and leadership gurus to mentor you beyond the X's and O's on your quest to achieve peak performance in your personal life, professional career, and with the teams that you coach.